Hey, Nina. Yeah. Uh, you mind if I play something for you? podcast as always this is zay i'm here with Britt, and today we have the pleasure of sitting down with terrence wolford also known as easy denim uh for those of y'all that aren't familiar he's an artist out of philadelphia correct that is correct all right artist out of philadelphia Britt and i had the pleasure to meet while attending college some years back yes. i believe i met you through white mike <laughs> I think he came to my dorm room and yeah, that's what we called him. That yeah. dude stole every DVD I came to school with, son. I don't know where he's at, son. <laughs> uh, do you do but, have you kept in touch with him? Yeah. Easy. Do you remember him? I would have to see a picture. Oh, Chad. Yeah, I remember who I remember. I remember Roy. Um mm-hmm. what was the other guy name? Uh, Brandon. Yeah, I remember, remember Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, for sure. I definitely remember Brandon. No, White, White Mike had the damn, like, semi-automatic guns and kittens in his damn dorm room. Like, what are you doing? He used to walk around with, like, he used to do security. He was walking around with that utility belt on and shit. I would have to see his picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's, it's probably better All you right. don't remember him. Anyway, All continue. Right, right. <laughs> I was just trying to get my DVDs back. If you still, you still was cool with him. <laughs> So anyway, I would, have to, I would have to see a picture because then I would, that would refresh <laughs> yeah. my memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, Easy has a very unconventional method in the way he creates his work. It lends itself more visually, but we're going to try to do our best to speak on it through this audio podcast only. But a lot of time has passed through the years, and I always would just keep in contact or check up and see what he was doing. Seemed like he was always doing something different, and I just seen a lot of progress and. His work, your work, is just super original. So mm-hmm. without further ado, the innovative, the creative, motherfucking genius, Philly's very <laughs> own, Mr. Who You Know Turn, thrifting into an art form, Terrence Wolford, man. Easy denim, all that. Zay, great. I want to say thank you. No, we really out. appreciate you coming in, man. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, this is this is this is gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good episode. Yeah, yes. glad we can make it happen. Definitely. So, uh, Britt. Yeah. So, all right, let's jump right into it. Okay. So, back in November, you had your first art show. Correct. Uh, Lost in the City of Love. So, can you speak a bit on how much you enjoyed it? Uh, any piece in particular that you liked the most? It was a great, a really great experience. It was good to see a bunch of people come out who've been, like, supporting me over the years. Um, shit, I want to do one, like, the next day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was my first show, and I was, I was excited. I was surprised. Um, a lot of people came out, which was... Yeah, which was great. A lot of people had a, a great time. A bunch of people were telling me how like they went to work and people were seeing my stuff like on their Instagram. It was like, yo, how long is it going to be there? Different mm-hmm. things like that. Um, 
And as far as like my favorite piece, I would say if you even have a favorite. They they all have like a special place in my heart. Yeah, they definitely I all can do. imagine. The mannequin for sure is like one of my favorites. The bike because that's for my son. So the bike isn't for sale. Mm-hmm. And other than that, because every piece that I make, it pushes me to to be like, oh, I can do better with the next piece. So, mm-hmm. all right. yeah, each, so each let's draw back a little bit. So, like, how was the process for you? You know, as far as like putting together your first official art show. It was a fun and very interesting process. Um, my friend at the time who helped me with the whole thing, she was like one of the people that was really pushing, like, yo, you got to do it, you got to do it. And I was like, all right, well, I just need you to help me. And she was just like, cool. So she was there. I had like my homie Brooks. He's always there. And then one good thing, it's another artist from Philly. His name is um, Saladin. And he had a mm-hmm. show probably like three weeks prior to my show. And just, he's from West Philly, but seeing how like he's, one of the he's at the forefront of like Philly art like artists and things mm-hmm. like that. So um moment to his show was very inspirational. I'm like, oh I wanna bring okay. that back to the city. So that was my goal was mm-hmm. to bring what I experienced at his show back to the city. Was it like was it nerve wracking? Like were you you know what I mean? Like as far <laughs> as like emotionally, like were you nervous? Yeah. Putting was, it all together or were you more excited? It was a combination of both. I was nervous mm-hmm. but then I was excited, but I'm like I only had like two pieces to finish prior to the show, two to three pieces prior to, um, to finish before the show. So most of the work was done. And once I sat down and mapped everything out and I wrote everything mm-hmm. out, it's just like just sticking to the plan. That's pretty much how I looked at it. Like, how long did it How long did it take? To do the show? Yeah, to just like get everything together to put the show on. I It took a month. It took a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really fast. Yeah. What? <laughs> nice. Like I, said, well, I mean, it came out awesome. Thank you. For a month, yeah. Yeah, for, man, definitely. And I learned a lot of stuff because I had a bunch of people help along the way in terms of like designing or um, directing it, different things like that. And um, mm-hmm. it just showed me that, all right, well, you got to get the right people yeah. who are good at what they do and getting them on board and getting everybody excited to come out and mm-hmm. see art, <laughs> pretty much. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, one thing that I found that was like very interesting while I was at your show in comparison to other ones that I've been to is the venue wasn't that big, you know, but you could take 30 laps around this, this smaller venue and looking at the same pieces and never truly get familiar with them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's always something else to look at. So you can go back to the same piece multiple times and still be intrigued by it. You know, sometimes you go to other shows, especially like in more traditional mediums, like people who just do paint, you go around once or twice and it's kind of like, okay, I got it. And then the art takes a backseat to the event. But I feel like yeah. at your event, the art was always prominent. And then it was a choice to just network or talk to anybody else. Like right. you always just kept going back to the pieces. And I think that's dope because I think that attributes to all the detail in each piece. I appreciate it. You know, appreciate- is that, is that, no, no problem. No, no, go no ahead, problem. no, go ahead. Finish your question. Like, do you like, in the way you approach your work, is that kind of like detail? Is that like a big thing for for you? Of course, or of course. It, yeah. My like my thing is um, just like you said, I want you to come back five, ten, thirty minutes later, a year later, and something new pops out because it didn't speak to you at that point in time, but later on it makes sense. And even I try to tell people like focus on like one detail on the piece, like maybe it might be 
this little blue string and you'll see a piece mm-hmm. there you'll see a piece at the top and then you'll see a bunch of it at the bottom right corner mm-hmm. so it's like just find one piece and then find that detail so i don't know it's just when it all comes together it's just like it's amazing and it's so hard to even explain my work through even, that's what I was just going to ask you. I yeah, was like, you know, because we that's have an audio podcast. Right. So I was going to say, if you can describe your work to a blind person, what oh, would you say? Man. I would just say you just got to touch it. <laughs> True. That's dope, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good, that's that, a good yeah. answer. Because I, I even wrestle with posting my stuff on Instagram. Like, I go through my head 50 million times and then post something because I'm like, I don't even understand how people can like this or even appreciate it. And that's why I was also. <laughs> Um, yeah, the best way to, to capture it. Yeah, because it's like you can't mm-hmm. see it. You don't understand like the details or the depth or what mm-hmm. really went behind it. You just see something online. And like with most artists, especially if they paint or do you mean graphic designs, different things like that, like it's there. It's in your face. Mm-hmm. You see it. Whereas my work is like you got to like turn your head or you have to like really see it in person. Well, let's just say, assuming no one sees any promo for this episode or anything like that, can you just explain what type of materials and, you know what I mean? Just try to give some a little bit of a visual of the type of art that you create. Okay. The type of work that I create is just a bunch of just thrifted materials and items. And I just merge them together and make it make sense for whatever particular piece that I'm working on. Um, whether it's a piece where I'm trying to do something related to like a Nike. Um, I'm doing something with like Mario. I'll pretty much just use a bunch of denim pieces with the mannequin. It was a lot of screen printing from t-shirts, but then it was like belts, bags, just like I said, the way my process is when I walk in a thrift store and I'm finding items to cut up, I just ask myself like two questions. Is this item that I'm about to use and I'm going to do it more justice by cutting it up versus somebody wearing it? And can mm-hmm. I find more than one item to take off of this piece? And those are the mm-hmm. two things. And once I check both of those boxes off, then I'm going to go. So mm-hmm. That's pretty much how my process. That's what I was about to ask you. I was about to be like, walk us through this. Like, like, how do you start <laughs> a piece? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got a specific okay. song plan while you work? Or like, like what yeah, do you eat for so breakfast that day? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean? It's funny because while we're talking, I'm about to, I'm going to show you another Mario that I'm working oh, on. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's dope. And even looking at this piece, um, compared to the first piece, one thing that I noticed was I want my work to even have more movement with the fabric or the material mm-hmm. that I'm working on. And that looks like, oh my gosh, like 40 different pieces of denim, like right there. Yeah. Like the different studs and, you know, buckles. Like it looks so cool. Thank you. The way you patch it all together. I'm just I'm trying to explain it. I don't know. Like, it's so hard to do it without seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Instagram, easy underscore denim. That's the only way there you go. Make oh, sense. There you go. Yeah, we Look it keep up. plugging that. Or <laughs> keep definitely. It when I have my next show, that's when it's going to make sense. Other than that, we can just talk mm-hmm. about the process and different yeah. things like that. But yeah, yeah. like I said, it's, it's hard to explain. Um, but as far as my creative process, I don't wake up every day creating. Um, and most of the time people ask like, how long does it take? It just really, it pretty much depends. Sometimes I can go out and find things. Sometimes I don't find something two months later, but I'm like, yo, this makes sense for mm-hmm. this piece. So that's why I'll never put a time limit on when I'm creating. Um, also when I'm creating, I, it just feels like a, it's definitely a spiritual experience. It's just me 
in there with a hot glue gun, some scissors, material. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't drink. I don't smoke or nothing like that. So it's it's the mm-hmm. purest f- form of creating for me. Like right. with my creativity, it's only three things that I I try to convey, and that's honesty, truth, and perfection. And those are the three things. Like I'm my toughest critic. So I'm like, yo, did I do my best? Is it perfect? And is it true to what I wanted to say? And mm-hmm. once those three boxes are checked, then time to go. So that's pretty much how you know when a piece is done. When those three boxes are checked off. Yes. And then you can walk away from it. Yeah. That's dope. That's really dope. You know, a majority of people believe that creating art or being a creative in any form is solely like an innate thing. And it's like the void of decision making. But like, I feel as if it's very vital to be confident in your choices creatively. So when you're working in the medium you're working in with a hot glue gun and you're cutting and pasting stuff down, you don't have the benefit of an eraser. You can't Mm -hmm. just paint over like, you know what I mean? There's no real leeway. So like, how did you, how do you decide or come to the realization that like you were going to hit up these thrift stores and repurpose this to make artwork? Like what was your, this is what I'm doing moment you know what i'm saying like how do you stumble upon that what's your background pretty much like what would you start doing art with well it started with um art for the heart pens was pretty much how it started and with those i remember those yeah when i started I, I used to paint on them and so what happened was i first had a clothing brand with me and a couple friends or whatever and so the heart pens was how we started out I would paint on them and just put little band-aids on them, but it was real band-aids. They was all red. Some of them had cracks and different things like that. And that eventually turned into a clothing brand, which was uh, Natural Born Heartbreakers. But Yeah, I wanted a hoodie back in the day, son. <laughs> not, not for nothing, yo. You got one lying around, yo. Hold me down, son. I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, this talks with it possibly coming back. We'll see. Um, but as far as the process with that, like I um, so around the corner from the art studio we used to have, there was a thrift store. It was called Bargain Center Thrift or whatever. And all of the clothing... Wait, I think a- that's by my neighborhood. Wait, where's that at? That's on... Uh, Which one are you talking about? 47th and... What's the Hicken? Oh, no. Wait, what's the Hicken? Yeah. Or mm, that Germantown? Maybe... What's that Germantown? It's Germantown. Okay, no, Germantown Ave. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the yeah. one I used to go to. When, when was this? Back when? This was 2008. 2009. Yeah, when it used to be really big, they've changed it yeah. now. I know exactly back in the day. I used to love that yeah, place. They, they used to have all the furniture, uh-huh. and then they condensed yep. it. They've, yeah, they, they broke it on into fire. two different ones. Yeah. Oh, man, fire. I miss that place. They still have it there, but it's not the same. It's not the same. They, they closed it down mm-hmm. recently when I went there. They closed it down. Actually. The dollar one. Yeah. I used to that dollar that one. one. Yeah. I was sad. I have, I have a bag <laughs> sitting in my hallway. I was going to take it down there, and I'm like, fuck. The, the other one's still open, the one that's up the street. Yeah, I don't, that one. Yeah. That one's okay. Well, see, the thing was, what I learned it's over too time. too pricey for me. The trick was, whatever didn't sell up the street, they would send it down the street and then sell uh-huh. it for a dollar. Because I would see stuff mm-hmm. up the street, and then, like, two weeks later, they'd be down the street. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's okay. a dollar. So that's how it worked. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all the clothes was in there for a dollar, and I was just looking around, and I'm like, uh, let me just start cutting up some shit and pasting okay. it. Because I got tired of just painting on hard pens. And even, like, people always wanted me to do an art show, but I never wanted to just paint some shit and do an art show. Um, so that's why it took me so long to do an art show. But, yeah, I started out hot gluing. 
things on the heart pins and doing it like that. Then I did some phone cases and different things like that. And then I didn't do art for like two and a half years or whatever. And then the top of 2018 is when I started doing art again. And that's when I was like, all right, well, all right, the heart pins is great, but let me give people stuff to put on their walls. Let me give stuff to people to, it can become a part of their home decor or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much how it happened. And what y'all seen last year was like my first year doing it. Wow. Yeah, my first year doing it. That's why I'm like 2018. That's yeah. it. Like, dude. <laughs> and that's my I God. To, I was trying to like, when I, when I first started making art again, January 2018, I didn't know 10 months, 11 months later, I would be doing my first show. Like, if I just told wow. myself at the top of the year, like, yo, you're going to be doing your first show and you're mm-hmm. going to get amazing feedback and things like that. Like, I would have been like, nah, you're lying. But after I made like <laughs> seven or eight pieces and I'm like, Oh, this is coming together. We got mm-hmm. it. So. That's dope. That's dope. Did you get like a, a creative boost after the show? Like where you're just like, oh, not, I guess lack of a better word, validation. Did you feel like a, a form of accomplishment after you finished that first show and then just seeing the feedback and the positive responses you were getting? Did that, does that yeah. power you at all? It does. And it, it can get in the way as well, too. But it definitely it, um, it empowers you. Because I'm like, shit, I want to do this all the time. Like, <laughs> that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> but um, I learned a lot of great things. And even before I had the show, I had um, talked to Abin Taki, who's another artist from the city. And um, he just was like, to be honest, you probably won't sell no pieces at the show. Because once I told him what the prices of the pieces was, he was like, but it's good that you have other things that people can buy, which was like T-shirts and a pen and mm-hmm. things that was reasonable. And then somebody else told me... Um, you had a room full of art lovers you need to incorporate art buyers. Yeah. So that was another thing that I learned. Oh, that's dope. And mm-hmm. then afterwards, what I realized was um, the same way that there's a great singer, a great rapper, the same way that there's a great writer, there's also a business side to that. So you can be mm-hmm. the best artist. You could, I mean, I could be the best artist. I could do all types of stuff. But until I learn the art business, it just, it don't mean nothing or it won't translate how I needed to translate. So that's the journey that I'm on currently and moving forward is to learn the art business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people don't have that complete package. There's like ton, like you were saying, there's tons of people that are super talented, right. but don't know the art side. And, you know, right. I think that speaks to just having a team, too. You know what I'm saying? Like if you can find somebody who's good in the business side of that, right. I think you, and all you have to do is is focus on creating. You golden, man. Mm-hmm. You golden. And, and, and that's the and that's the missing piece. And it'll come. It'll happen. But I'm putting it out Definitely. there. But, um, yeah. yeah, just keep creating. Just along with, you know, constant, you know, just getting yourself out there, you know, promoting and people just finding out about your work because it's definitely appropriately priced. Thank you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for, for sure. sure. <laughs> and that's for another sure. thing sure. where it's like, because even when I went to New York, uh, the prices that they were just throwing out, like, when I was just getting, mm-hmm. um, just asking them, how much do you think this work? They're like, oh, 5700 Oh, this should be worth mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. And mm-hmm. what I realized is it's all about perspective. One person to look at it and be like, oh, that's too much. Another person to look at it and be like, oh, that's not enough. So mm-hmm. you just got to yeah. market and target and find those people mm-hmm. where it's in their budget and it makes sense. And they understand that with art, it's an investment. So it's 5000 mm-hmm. now. This shit 15000 three years from now. Like, right. And then, too, just the amount of work you put into it. Oh, yeah. You know, the, all the hours <laughs> that go into these pieces, you can see it. Yeah, you know? yeah, thank you. Yeah, 
But um, also, which I, I love and I find that super unique about you, the uh, Tales from the Thrift series yeah, well, that stories. you put up on your Insta stories. <laughs> your stories I am hard. in love. I love them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank so you. how did that start? Well, it started from me thrifting because mm-hmm. my profession, I'm a professional reseller. So, okay. um, And that's pretty much what I do on a day-to-day Okay, so that's how you already know the all the stories. I'm like, how does he know all these places, man? You put me <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, he like, put me up on so right? many I different be writing them down. Thing. I'm like, I gotta check that one out too. Up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you too, Zay. You, uh, you sent me that message, told me you and uh, your lady had went out to uh, second half. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, hell yeah, that shit was hard. That shit was hard. <laughs> Definitely copped up. She found more than me though. Right. <laughs> yeah, she found more than me, but yeah, I definitely copped up. I got like two jackets out of there. <laughs> Something and like I it. Mean, what, what I tell people, well, anybody who's listening right now, what I tell people is open up Google Maps and just type in thrift store near me. You can do that right mm-hmm. now, and once you do it, you it'd be fucking five thrift stores that pop up next to you, and you'd be like, oh snap, I ain't even know it's one three minutes or one five miles. <laughs> And you just drive there and you just see what it's hitting for. Um, the stories from the thrift happen. And the stuff that I showed on stories from the thrift is not even like the highlights. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't on social media for two years. Um, from 2015 to 2017, I wasn't on social media. And during that time is when I learned reselling and I learned um, thrifting and buying stuff off clearance and selling it on Amazon, eBay, and Macari. Or whatever. So, yeah. So I've been doing it for it's probably going four years in like August. But so stories from the thrift happen when I'm just like, you know what? Let me just start to show people <laughs> some of these things that I do, where it's interesting things, and people will see something like, damn, I love that jacket. How much you pay? He's like, I paid five dollars. It's like, damn, that's a four hundred dollar jacket, and they wouldn't mm. believe it or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's where it, that's where it came from. Is just me showing people, like, yo, you don't have to go out. And Spend all your money in the malls. Like mm-hmm. I don't even go to the mall. I just go to thrift stores. Yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's awesome. That that's I didn't know that that was your profession. So that's cool that you're killing two birds with one stone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I do for a living. I'm I'm a professional mm-hmm. reseller. Like I said, I resell on Amazon, eBay, Macari. Like those are three mm-hmm. apps that I use. So how do you decide which stuff to keep and which stuff to repurpose, though? Is it tough sometimes <laughs> deciding, you know, like, oh, I don't know. This jacket fresh as hell. I want to wear it. But, but this piece is calling for it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, it's like you ever run into that? Nah, because um, when I'm looking for material, I normally would go probably like to like the Goodwill outlet or it's a certain amount. Like I, I try to spend between one to five dollars on material because I know how mm-hmm. much it over time it add up. So I don't really try to spend too, too much on material. But uh. What will happen is I'll find something like, damn, I want to keep it, but then I want to resell it. And that's one of the things that happen. People be seeing stuff on my Insta stories, and they would be like, yo, I want that. I'd be like, oh, damn, it's my size. I'm keeping it. So I'll be feeling <laughs> <laughs> <be> bad <laughs> But hey, at least you're telling them where they can go to find it. Yeah, or... You know, because that's more than I think most people would do. You know, a lot of people wouldn't even give you the address of where you're going. That's why I think it's so special and that's so giving of you that you know you post where you're at you give yeah, us the address because if i don't mm-hmm. i'm gonna have 30 dms like yo where was that at? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what was happening like i'm like trying to get through the video and people are like yo where that's at yo 
Yeah. So I just started posting at the beginning of this video. <laughs> this is what Don't you even say nothing to me. <laughs> All right. Stay out my DM. Also, um, it's another dude I want to shout out. His name is Paul Cantu. Um, he has he what he does is we pretty much do the same thing. His thing is called um his is called um trips to the thrift, and it's actually a YouTube thing where people go to thrift stores and they show you their trips to the thrift. So what I'm doing is mm-hmm. trips to the thrift, but I'm doing it through okay. Insta stories where people already had a phone, and a lot of people be like, "Yo, go to YouTube, different things like that." But he's the king on that platform or whatever. But yeah, so. And the the way you go about it is you make double the money because with him, he's making money off of YouTube revenue. And then he's also making money because he's selling the product. I mean, <laughs> hey, there's always room for more. Of course. It yeah. is. He only has but so many episodes. You might need some more to watch. So I'm, I'm <laughs> something to think myself. about, but that's also just more work for you. <laughs> and that's another thing. It's another thing that I get added to my plate. And the one thing I just try to tell myself is, what am I doing it for? Am I really doing it? Like, I really love doing it, but it's like, if I turn it into a YouTube series, then it becomes a business. That's true. <laughs> uh, I got a, a, not a random question, but I thought about it. Like, since you're taking all these things and you're repurposing them, reselling them, like, have you ever looked at, like, your art or you buying and reselling as, like, a form of, like, recycling? Hell like, yeah. a form of being green or, you know what I mean? Hell yeah, like, it, it just, I'm getting chills right now because people don't understand how important thrifting is or, like, there's so many spiritual aspects to it. Like, to be honest, like, I could think about something and literally, say if I'm thinking about, like, an item or if I want something, that's rule number one. You're never going to thrift store looking for anything in particular. So people would be like, yo, I'm, I need to find a trench coat, tan. I'd be like, yo, go to the mall because... Thrifting ain't like yeah. that. Like this ain't like Walmart. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, it's a treasure hunt. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but what what happened is you'll go to a flea market three months later, and somebody be getting rid of the trench coat that you wanted <laughs> in, in your mm-hmm. size, and it's the price that you want to pay. So mm-hmm. that's just something that just always happens. So I just, I mean, I'm just always open to um to the whole process, and I, I I understand it because somebody's getting rid of stuff, and that's another thing I think about is like. If this is what's in the thrift stores and the flea markets, like, and that's probably zero, zero, zero point one percent of the stuff people are getting rid of. The rest of the stuff is in wasteland somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of waste. Yeah, yeah. the amount of waste is crazy. Yeah, so, and even I had somebody hit me up the other day and was like, yo, I just donated time to that thrift store. I'm like, had yourself on the back because that's great because you could have easily put it on the curb, but you put it in your car and took it to the thrift store. So, yeah, I always encourage people to take, tough, take things to the thrift store. Um, definitely recycling just gives back. Mm-hmm. So. Right. so the way you talk about it on your episodes, um, you can tell you almost have like an infatuation <laughs> with materials. <laughs> so how did that come about? Like, what is it about them? The thing that I love is that with thrifted materials, it's like a used item. And it's an item, like I just said, that could have been put in the trash. But to me, the thrift mm-hmm. store is giving it a second chance. So it's like, I don't know, I feel like I'm saving yeah. some of these items. Mm-hmm. And then, that's it, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, and then I'm taking them and then I'm re-envisioning them or reimagining them, reimagining them through my lens um, with the things that I use to create. But then also, like I said, the things that I reset. Like, for instance, I just bought a CD player for $5 and I just sold it on Amazon for $189. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. A CD player. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nostalgia. Explain that, yo. There's a market for that. There's, that's crazy. <laughs> to be honest, like that's the funny thing about this because um, as much as I can talk about art, it's hard for me to talk about art. But I could talk about thrifting and reselling. I could talk about that all day because mm-hmm. people don't understand. Like you can't just walk into Walmart and go buy a CD player. You can, but it's going to be um, some cheap, corny brand. Like mm-hmm. if you want a brand new Sony CD player, costs like three, four, five hundred bucks. Because they're hard to find, or even mm-hmm. like blank VHS tapes. I, you could sell seven of those for like eighty dollars, and somebody'd be like, "Get the fuck out of here!" But you can go look it up All right, right now. Well, to I'm, I'm going to the thrift store immediately. <laughs> 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 See, no, that's why I appreciate y'all. I appreciate that, like you, like back on the not to jump back, but like just the tales from the thrift. I remember one time you were saying that you should look at board games oh yeah board games can get you some money and i go into the thrift store i don't look at them shits whatsoever (laughs) like whatsoever like like i never looked at them but i think um even on that episode you you found something i don't know what it was but you found something and then you showed like on amazon what it was going for and you was like yeah that's a cop and you just don't even think to look at look for blank uh, what's it called? VCR tapes or, or, mm-hmm. or board games and stuff like that. You always go towards the clothes and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's dope that you're putting this information out there. And what? It, and that's the thing with stories from the thrift, where it turned into clothing because I know that's the thing that to keep a lot of people interested. But even on the last episode, I posted I posted a solar keyboard that I found for five dollars that sells brand new with two hundred. But the one that I had was it was new, but it was open in the box. So I'm like, I could probably get like one thirty, one forty, one fifty for it. Somebody yeah. pay that, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, yeah, with Sweet. older electronics, like I said, you can't go to the store and buy it. You can't find it; it's not there. So, Pete, oh my goodness, like a handheld um voice recorder, I done sold them for like six hundred. Well, not six hundred. Oh, not six hundred. Oh, I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm thinking of something else. But a hand like a handheld recorder, those can go for like three fifty easily. Damn. I just found yeah, something called great. a Scrabble. A Scrabble dictionary. You can look it up. Those I just bought one off a lady for twenty bucks from the flea market, and it sells for three hundred and ninety bucks on Amazon. Wow, that's yeah. crazy! Like the most money I ever made off of one item was um, it was this architecture software called AutoCAD, um, two thousand and eight, brand new. They sell for about a couple thousand, two, three, four thousand dollars for the software. And I resold it for like five hundred and seventy five dollars, and I paid probably like two bucks for it. What? <laughs> but one of my homies. Now I'm gonna break something down real quick, and then we can get back into art talk. But one of my homies. Ah, uh, no, go ahead. He uh, what he what he told me was like, yo, understand this, right? Like, because one thing about Amazon is, or just in general with reselling, it could be a return, and people could do weird things. But he like, yo, understand this, like they don't care. Like the people who buying it is obviously some type of architecture firm. It's in their budget. Like, that's nothing but lunch money to them. And you worry mm-hmm. about this 575, but to them, that's just lunch. <laughs> but to you, mm-hmm. you worried about it. Like, and he's like, what if they got like a, a million dollar contract or even a $500,000 blueprint contract and they just need this software? So to them, that 575 is nothing or whatever. So once I started to realize that, I'm like, oh, I get it. And then they never returned it. They went about their way. And then I sold another one for like 400 bucks. So. Nice. No, that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I'm over here taking notes. It'll flip. <laughs> right. uh, 
all right so so jump back to the to the artwork um i was telling brit like at first glance you can kind of be arrogant and like kind of be fooled into thinking that what you do is something that can be mimicked or it's it's easy you know what i mean right no play on your name um <laughs> but then they... <laughs> brit get turned up what you doing over here get off your phone <laughs> Turned up in every other episode. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at the notes. Okay. I'm here. Notes. I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. Okay, okay. <laughs> but like, you get all this material together, and you're sitting in front of it, and now you got to make decisions, right? And it's not that easy. And you're gonna find out very quick that like everything you do is purposeful. Like, but are you ever concerned like with the audience not? understanding or or the audience how how important is it for you that it translates to people two pieces um that i worked on that was actually at the show with two pieces um one of them with the helmet and one with the all black piece i remember brit said she loved the all black piece mm-hmm. yeah that um, all black one is is dope yeah that all black one is dope yeah, i like that it's one like a lot. you can still see the dimension with it all but it's all the same color it's so cool that was a hard piece i to could create. tell yeah but mm-hmm. that piece took me a month and a half to make. But in that process, I learned so many things. When I made the exit sign, that took me one day when I made the, the the original one with the red. But because I learned everything when I was making the black one, like it was times when I would sit down with the black one and really glue one piece on and I'm there all night and glue one thing on and then just like mm-hmm. would get up. Um, and even with the helmet, some people didn't get it. So I tried to explain it through Instagram, but that don't help either. But I just mm. feel like it's do you a, think it's important? Do you think like it's an artist's job to have to explain no, their piece? No, no, no. Because I, I was about to say no. that. Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't have to explain every piece because some things I don't even know. Like, I can't. I don't know why I did right. this next to that. <laughs> but, yeah. but some things, all right, that makes sense. That looks good together. And some other things, like I'll leave it for open interpretation. I look at my art. I put it in the same category as abstract art. Because the same way where people can look at abstract art and they're like, oh, you just throw a paint and it just hit the canvas and that's not art. And so you try to do it and your shit (laughs) don't come out. Yeah, because at the same time, it could be the emotion behind, you know, how you're throwing the paint, you know, whatever you're going through in the moment. Mm -hmm. The music you're listening to, the colors you're selecting, Mm -hmm. what's going on internally or um, in your environment, all of that plays a, a factor. Right. So that's, I wanted to ask, like, so do you ever feel like as an artist, you need to, uh, you know, touch on any type of social issues or injustices with your art? Do you ever feel like you need to go that route or want to go that route or? It's, it's in there, but I also, what I feel like is just, like I said, if you look deeper into my work, like some of the works is definitely in there. Some of the works are more playful and some of the works have like a more serious element to me. Um, and it's, it's, it's tied in both, both sides. But I just feel like just being just a, just a black artist or just an artist in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's enough to me. Yeah. Okay. Because you can be doing yeah. some bullshit. That's how I look at it. Like you can just be doing some mm-hmm. bullshit. So just creating and doing something is enough. And if it's true to you, then that's what matters. To me, mm-hmm. if, it, if it speaks to you and you're speaking from the most honest part of yourself, and you're creating from the most genuine side of you, and you're putting that on display, everybody's not gonna like it. Everybody's not gonna appreciate it. Um, 
and the people who fuck with it, it's for them. And that's that's all you should worry about. Nice. Word. You kind of answered uh, the next question I was going to ask you <laughs> that, but... <laughs> it's uh, good, uh, though. No, it's, it's all good. good. It's a good thing, man. We on it. That means we... It's synchronicity, man. We linking up. Mm-hmm. But, um... Uh, our first episode on the podcast, uh, we compare artists of the Harlem Renaissance to artists of the day. And we found like, and by artists, I mean music artists, just artists in general. Okay. Uh, we found many similarities, but we focused on the position of like black artists, you know, when choosing content for their work. And there is this kind of expectation uh, to create something that your race can identify with, but mm-hmm. not everybody feels called to do so. Right. Some people just want to paint landscapes. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like some people just want to do what they want. So my question to you would be, uh, how much outside influence do you consider when you're working? Does that play any part in the process? Sometimes it do. Sometimes it don't. Um, now, what I could say is actually something happened at the end of my art show that was um, very interesting because the whole night you go through a lot of people giving you praise, different things like that. But then literally as we packing up, it was um, somebody that I knew was um, had one of her friends came up to me or whatever and was just like, what are you doing as a black artist? What are you doing for the black community? And I'm like... Uh- <laughs> I just rolled my eyes. No, 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 listen. <laughs> I just no, rolled my eyes a little bit, no, a little bit. No, this, this is so Go interesting. Ahead. Like, it's, it was, and I, I wanted to tell this story, but I also started creating a piece to talk about the story because mm-hmm. this one okay. tie back into what you're saying right now where, um, so for instance, all right, so we told him, she's like, yeah, so what are you doing for the black community? What are you doing as a black artist or whatever? She's like, yeah, all I see is um, European labels. So she was pointing at them. I'm like, well, the name mm-hmm. of this piece right here is called um, Sacred Temple. Or whatever, when I was talking about the mannequins, she's like, Well, I see European labels, I see Gucci, I see pink, um, Victoria's Secret pink, um, different things like that. So then she pointed at the Nike and was like, Yeah, that piece. So then I get the basketball and I'm like, All right, well, this piece is called Rap Trap of Ball. And if you look at it, it's like a maze or like how the hood is, how hard it is to get out, like with the obstacles, ups and downs. She's like, Yeah, nah, what are you doing directly speaking? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still trying to explain stuff. And then that's when it hit me. I'm like, all right, well, listen, I'm just not the artist for you. And that's it. Mm-hmm. If, if you want somebody to speak directly to you, then you can go find the artist that speaks directly to you. Um, but what I'm doing is is still reflective and you can see it in it. Now, if you only see a European label on something, then that's your frequency or that's how you're picking it up. But there's yeah. <laughs> hundreds of other pieces connected or just even me as a black man using my hands and being creative. And that was another thing mm-hmm. I said where I'm like, and saying just me being a productive part of my society where I come from, like that's enough. Like, and even at the end of the, like before the night was over, my mom was like, "Yeah, I'm proud of you." Like, that's what's important. So mm-hmm. to her, <laughs> and um, right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's big. Yeah, that's big. That's 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 really uh. That yeah, it definitely it. ties right into yeah. you know the issues that they had back during the Harlem Renaissance and deciding, you know, am I only going to focus on, you know, making my community happy or am I going to do what's inside of me and what's in my heart, you know, what makes me happy and how I want to express myself. Because you take your community with you as well. So just you being there, you are a representation of your community. 
Exactly. So it's like you're showing improvement. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I just put together an art show. I'm a productive person in this community. Right. You see, everything and don't got to be Kente cloth. Like, that's another thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I you, see see you, know, you got me cutting up now. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the but once we, like, literally, probably like five, ten minutes later, she did come up to me. And, like, she was like, yeah, I apologize. Like, it's all good. I was like, no, it's yeah, cool. Yeah, like, yeah. I get it. And that was just something, like you said, like everything don't have to be Kente Club. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's going to come out one way or another. Like everybody don't have to sing the same song. You know what I'm saying? Like there's different artists that speak to you in different moments. Some artists make you turn up. Some artists make you go think. Some artists make you go go beast mode with what you're doing. So everybody don't have mm-hmm. to sing the same song. Well, he led the segue again. So. Yeah, right? He good. <laughs> you sure you ain't do got the note, y'all? He got the note, He must have the notes. He must have the notes. So, do you have artists that have influenced you? It's a couple. Definitely a couple. Um, for sure, Basquiat, Keith mm-hmm. Haring, um, Andy Warhol in terms of just being Just being like a rock star artist, mm-hmm. pop stuff like pop art. Um, Jason Pollock. Before I even knew who he was, I was just like experimenting with um, abstract paint, splatter paint, and then yeah. I, people was like, "Oh, it reminds me of Jason Pollock." And I went and just seen what he was going through in the fifties or whatever. We're just trying to get people to, and just that's the funny thing, and it's making me think about what I do now, where it's like really trying to transition people's mental space with what you're creating like with art i always love people who's pushing and changing the envelope like even basquiat was like don't get it twisted like i could paint for real or i could draw for real like <laughs> but yeah. he's putting it in a form where it's digestible and we want kids to look at it and when kids look at it like back to what you were saying Zay, where somebody could look at it like i could do that and then you go down like with some pens and paper or paint <laughs> and you got oh shit and it ain't this it, ain't it. Ain't it. <laughs> like this ain't stick figures in, in in a circle with some lines and you call that a sun like no it's deeper than mm-hmm. that so um, yeah yeah and then in modern day a lot of the artists i see now whether it's um like i said king Salad dean from philly alec monopoly i love his work um, yeah, I follow him. I followed him a couple of years ago. I actually forgot about him. I need to check up on him. Yeah. I like his work. <laughs> yeah, I fucked with it. I definitely fucked with it. I forgot about it. Damn, you what? just put me up on something. Close. <laughs> um, I love artists who's transitioning just art because I was one of those people who used to subscribe to being a starving artist or, you know what I'm saying, being afraid, to sell your, like, being afraid to sell your work for what you know it's worth or mm-hmm. not wanting to be a sellout. And that's something that fucked me up early on because to be honest, I had a lot of opportunities that I decided that, or whatever, not wanting to sell out, keeping it real. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then you have a kid and you like, or you see other people mm-hmm. who be like, don't sell out. And then they go do some shit. <laughs> and you be like, <laughs> nigga, you just, <laughs> you ain't right. like me to get the opportunity. That's, so what I realized is like, man, fuck that shit. I remember uh, Charlemagne said, you can't be a sellout if they're not buying into what you're selling. So mm. it's a different way. Like, I ain't saying go be a sellout like but if niggas is buying into what you're doing like that as long as it's true to who you are yeah exactly yeah you gotta collect your time is valuable and what you have to offer is valuable you know what i mean so i think yeah i think all artists go through that phase where it's like ah you know is it really worth you know Mm. that amount or whatever and it is 
Oh, and yeah. especially when you see other people making money off of some BS, you're like, all right. And that's <laughs> really why isn't it? You know what I mean? You kind of got to ask the question, like, why, why, why isn't it? Why can't it be? Right. You know? Like when you're pricing stuff, like. And like I think too, just this social media, just, you know, how you see what other people are doing. It just makes it definitely, you know, more valid. Like, all right. And, and, like, you know, people putting out what they're doing. And some people can get in it for the wrong reasons. Some people want to be in it to insane go body paint on some chicks or some people want to get into oh it, yeah but... <laughs> yeah there's those creeps reason, so it's like mm-hmm. i mean have your reason have your purpose know, know what you're doing and then mm-hmm. get, get compensated for like you said your time and your energy and your creative mm-hmm. ability so right <laughs> for our ancestors because our ancestors didn't have these fucking opportunities and that's something exactly really like we just we not doing shit, and it's like, yo, they would have mm-hmm. fucking probably sold their firstborn son just to be able to mm-hmm. wake up and do what they want to do or get an opportunity, and that's why when foreigners come over here, they fucking go off. They go ham. Yeah. Yep. So that's something we gotta really think about. So, I wanted to ask, like, do you have anything or anywhere specific you go to for inspiration? Your store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Just see it. what speaks to you. Yeah. No, I was. I just wanted to just add that dramatic pause for y'all. <laughs> 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 but yeah, just the thrift store because it just takes me back to day one, um, when I didn't even know if this was possible or not, and not even just talking about art, but just talking about reselling or whatever. Like when I first started, like I didn't even have a cell phone. Like I'm in the thrift store using like. Xfinity Wi-Fi and shit having to go outside okay, and look, and look things up. You know what I'm saying? So like I ain't even have a uh-huh. phone or whatever and having to run back in the thrift store and buy something and then reselling it. So anytime I go in the thrift store it's just like that's, I don't know, something just came to mind. It's like Barney's, what's that, the Barney Magic Bag or whatever he had. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I just got excited. I used to love that part of the show. Like, oh, shit, yeah, yeah, the Barney like, Bag. Yeah, what's in the Barney Bag? So that's how I, <laughs> and, um, so, I mean, I just look at it like uh, the, the world is, is like my inspiration and it also gives me the materials to use at the same time. Yeah, that's where I go. Or I'll, I'll go somewhere yeah. into like nature. Like I, it's a couple of different creeks I go to. Um, Ridley Creek and Springfield, um, the Chimney Park, which is like not that far from me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just going on some walks. I ain't been in nature in a minute. I need to go. But, yeah, yeah those are go. Like pretty much the go. Weather's nice again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. for yeah, sure. Yeah, so those yeah. Are- yeah, this dude easy media trained. I know, we're, trained, like, we're trying not to He's laugh because trained, I swear to God, so... you're reading our notes. Yeah. Damn well, it. I'm not. Like a majestic ass. So, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, you media trained, bro. You don't even know it. <laughs> I've watched so many, and I've been watching interviews for like 10 years, and that's what really connects me to an artist is their interviews and what they have to say on the other side. Like, mm-hmm. the music is great, the art is great, what you do is phenomenal, but what's really on the other side? Because we're not going to get that when you look at your work. We're going to get that. Yeah, I feel like I don't, like, as far as, like, people I like, artists I enjoy, I kind of don't, uh, I don't, I can't say for sure if I really fuck with them until I hear them in an interview. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's what he's talking and, about. And it, just even a good one. Like, like, like I've heard bad, like, it has to be a good interview. Yeah. Because you don't know who, you know, it's easy to put something over a beat. 
right or, or fake the funk or whatever but like can't nobody bullshit for an hour interview mm-hmm. it's going to translate of you can't hide for that long yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> just let people you talk definitely you can't. Know? uh moving on um so philly me personally and i don't know if both of y'all can agree i feel like it's just like a creative ass city where mm-hmm. like i feel like almost all the most talented people i know i met there mm-hmm. so it's probably because i went to an art school but you know what i mean that's neither here nor there <laughs> don't matter <laughs> All right, but there just seems to be a lot of like movers and shakers in the Rest art in world. Rest in peace, AI, PH. Right, AI dead, bro. Oh my Jeez. god, that goes down. Right, I think we all did. Yeah, <laughs> it was really just a race to get your diploma before it did. <laughs> if you were able to, yeah. if you if were you even able, able to, to right. exactly. I knew it wasn't on last. That was the one school you could just never go to the next semester. Like you literally always had to go sit down and talk to like the admin yeah no seriously you <laughs> had like, to do the most backhanded shit yeah, to stay yeah, in the school because facts. the way that they did their thing they tried to suck the most amount of money out of yeah. you and they didn't really give you any of other options you had to take the other options which listen, is what yeah. i found out because i'm like well, why you ain't give me this option and they're just you like, about to do like, an expose on them yo listen the fuck I, when they were going down building by building like all i'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like yeah yeah surprise surprise ago. Yeah. yeah, like it was literally one time I, I had to go see the admin just for them to tell me I ain't had nothing that I need to do. I'm like, why the hell am I here? They're like, oh, well, we just need to sign off that you ain't got no, uh, no nothing, and then you can go get your, your next. Oh semester. my god, that's crazy. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, where I was though, uh, the question I was gonna ask, uh, why do you think Philly's such a hotbed for like creatives? Like, what about that city makes it such a creative, creative hot pot? I would say because it's just it's just your experiences growing up. That's what I feel like. It's your experiences, and to be honest, different parts of Philly is like different. It feels like different sides of the city. Like North is different from West. West is different from mm-hmm. South. South is different from Southwest. Um, so yeah. it, it takes the, the the right people to understand their environment their circumstances but then also want to transcend but my my advice would be to anybody like not even just philly or just in general is um wherever you at just understand that what you're doing is bigger than the four walls that you see every day so when people like would come up with shirts and just be like any west philly's finest or they can't fuck with me Mm -hmm. west philly only it's like all right well (laughs) there's 49 other states a bunch of other cities, like <laughs> you want to, what you're doing, like you want to be able to take it anywhere in the world and sell it. So that would be mm-hmm. my advice is, like I said, whatever you're selling, if you can't be dropped off in any part of the world and make a dollar, then it's too local. Mm-hmm. I mean, but at the same time, we do need local businesses and that's great. But if you ultimately want to see yourself in other cities, like expand right. just where you're from, take where you're from, but then also a, adapt great parts from other cities and implement it into your creative juices i guess (laughs) nice yeah because that kind of leads to the next thing i was going to ask like do you think that causes any competition but you kind of just touched on that but do you think competition is necessary in the art world 
don't know. I feel like it shouldn't be that way, right? Maybe collaboration would be better. Or maybe <laughs> just, I think competition might get a bad rap. Maybe competition just in the form of like just seeing somebody's work and saying, okay, that motivates me. Or that okay, yeah, maybe healthy to... competition. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what I was about to say. Good, good point, Jay. Because I was about to say that. Um, unless y'all doing the same thing. But other than that, yeah, there, there will be, you'll be inspired by what people are doing. Or that could just give you an insight. Um, but competition, I don't really see competition. Because I just push towards what I want to do. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. So I just look at, yeah, I just be like, I'm my only competition. Like, I'm you know, the only person that I think that's this. the best. That's the best yeah. type of competition to have yeah. yourself. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because, yeah, you want to look in the mirror. Everybody want to conquer the world. They ain't even conquer themselves. Okay. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Go ahead That's say. it. And then when you look at competition, you're only looking at the results. And you're only, no. you're always going to yes. be behind because you're just battling their results all day. Yeah, you don't know the process. That's why I like that you brought up the whole Xfinity Wi-Fi thing because, yo, broke motherfuckers get so creative. Thank God for Xfinity Wi-Fi. That done saved my ass so many times in this city. It saved me so many times. Oh, my goodness. I don't went on dates and didn't even have a phone. Like, yo, meet me at uh, Starbucks. You know what I mean? I'm angry. Hell yeah, right on that Wi-Fi. You know I'll be here for real, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let me get the water with nice. ice. Nice. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> for real. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to read you something, yo. Okay. I want to read you something, peep it. You want to know a secret. All you have to do in your current moment is act like you are where you want to be in life, and eventually it will manifest itself. Act like you're a star quarterback, and people will eventually treat you like one. You have to put the work in as well, but the mindset first makes it easier to obtain. You said that to me leading up to your show. Right. Right? So not only are you saying it, but you was living it. So me and Britt both salute you for that, right? Thank you. Um, That's very deep individual. That's like, I I think everybody needed to hear that that quote. So we're going to try to start a new thing with how we end podcasts with guests. Okay. Uh, I want to ask you a question. It's kind of like a riddle, and you just do your best to try to try to answer this, right? Got in a perfect world. How do we make the world perfect? Take your time. I don't even know the answer to that. Shit. I know that's like the answer to life, right there. Damn, Zach. Yeah. Hey, man. We just, we, <laughs> this is the podcast that asks the hard questions, man. Like That's not the question I was um, envisioning. That's, that's not. <laughs> right? Yeah. I've seen all the other ones coming. That was, that was <laughs> sure did. Had to throw your curveball real quick. All these art questions. All right. So you said, in a perfect world, how do we make the world perfect? How do we make the world perfect? Or more perfect? How do we make it more perfect? Well... Are you about to answer What's it? the first step? What's the first step? What's the most most important thing that needs to happen first? When you already have everything? Nah. Now I'm conf- that's why I don't do riddles. I'm confused. <laughs> I got, well, this right. is, the answer to me is it starts with love. Absolutely. That's the answer to everything. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's loving yourself, 
loving others, loving your community, loving the world, loving what you're doing. Um, yeah, it starts with love. And not just in the sense of liking it or enjoying it or doing it for the results. Because sometimes you don't even see the results. Like, if you really love it, like, we just seen it happen with Nipsey where mm-hmm. we've seen the results of it now and it's transcending. And he knew that too. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. loved what he did. He loved his community. He loved his people. And that's what it starts with right there is it starts with love. Definitely. That's the answer. Knock that out the park. Knock that out the park. I just threw you the oop. I just threw you the oop. Crazy. I seen it, Zay. I was looking. I was looking for it. Yeah, you know, I may have tossed that joint. It was a no look. It was a no look oop. You caught that joint, took it home real quick. You feel me? Uh, So, what's next for you, yo? You got anything coming up? Anything in the works? Or you just. When is episode coming out? Uh, It's probably next couple weeks. Okay, okay. I'll let you know. All right, because I was about to say, um, I'm going to be a part of the, the Tiny Elephants Festival, which is happening. It's going to be this weekend, so other than that, I'm going to do another show really soon in a couple Wait, months. this coming up the weekend, Easter weekend, yeah. April 20th? Yeah, the 19th, I would still 20th, throw up a post, at least. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, shoot me something. We can, we can definitely help promote that. All right, cool. cool. Other than that, I'm, um, I'm going to do another show soon. I'm going to do another show soon, and then... After that, it's just time to take this on the road. Um, nice. And that's it. Like, that's it. I'm going to do another one for the city, for the people who didn't see it, and then some of the new things that I'm going to do. And it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have it in the summertime, a bigger space, more pieces, more people. Mm-hmm. Just what we already had, but just... Yeah, on a bigger level. scale. Yeah, the next level. What's then, the next city, you think? Going to go up to NY? Definitely want to do NY. Um, D.C. Want to do oh, L.A.? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be a good look. Would love to do Miami, and then places I never Ooh, even yeah. know that they even appreciate art. Like there's places that I know that appreciate art that I don't even know about yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm just mm-hmm. open to that. Um, but yeah, just really learning the business, building my name, and building what it is that I'm doing, building my identity. Because to build your identity in front of people is like a tough thing for people. And that's why mm-hmm. I was happy when I left the internet for two years and social media for two years. Like that was a really good thing. Mm-hmm. And I see that y- some people commission you to do pieces for them. Right. So right, are right. you are you always open for commissions, or is it just a certain <laughs> amount of time? I could do a handful of them a month. It got to make sense. And actually, okay, the one that I did for the last person, it just, mm-hmm. it just, um gave me an answer which is it's really a collaboration and the other Mm -hmm. person doesn't even have to be an artist they just have to Mm -hmm. tell me what they want and if it makes sense and i can deliver like their vision for them like for instance that bag that i did like i know that she likes sneakers and she hate pink but i still found nike (laughs) and i put some pink in there and she loved it Mm -hmm. Uh. (laughs) or whatever so it's I'm, i'm realizing it's a more intimate um exchange and it's not just a I'm not a customized artist no more. I'm not a person you come to and I just do some shit for you. Like, nah, my life don't work like that. So mm-hmm. you're not like an art mercenary. Like you can't I'm not just a hired hired gun to execute. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna be you're gonna be a part of the process as well. Right. I dig that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, I dig and, that. and and it just gotta make sense from from the gate. Like 
if I'm telling you my number and you get a little shaky, it's not gonna make sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> if, yeah, you know or that. if you don't even respect what I do, like cause some people like they'll look at it and not fully respect it. Or so I get it. And one thing what I realize is we just as an artist is my job to elevate people's consciousness, elevate people's awareness. So some people don't know that you could sell something for three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand dollars. Like people don't know that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or some people don't. Some people cool with selling shit for twenty five dollars t shirts, and it's no knock, but you can sell that same shirt for forty, fifty, sixty bucks if you just mm-hmm. add another color to it and put a story mm-hmm. behind it. So. Right. Yeah. All right. So, anybody you want to plug? Anybody you want to shout out? Uh, where can people find you? I guess that would be the most important thing. Uh-huh. Well, I definitely want to. Um, if anybody's looking for some reselling tips or advice, follow my homie. Um, this is like my mentor, my big bro. His name is Ant. He's on Instagram, uh, flip a dollar. You just type that in here, pop up. Greasy Resells is another person. And if you're looking for some artistic inspiration, definitely follow a bunch of the people that I named. And for myself, it's just easy underscore denim on Instagram for now. And that's pretty much it. And it's pretty easy much. with a Z. Yeah. E- <laughs> easy <laughs> with a Z. E-A-Z-Y <laughs> underscore denim on Instagram. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, definitely check my man out. Yo, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, I appreciate y'all. We've been going through this for a while back and forth. So I'm glad that mm-hmm. we were able to sit down, make it happen. I see the, the, the light beaming off your faces and getting the same. <laughs> <laughs> you see it, right? Yes, so happy. I feel like this went very well and yeah, definitely appreciate you taking the time to come talk with us. This is my first interview. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Give a shout out to Lil Man, too. Yo, Lil Man held it down. Oh yeah, he did. For this whole, <laughs> this whole <laughs> flight around. Yeah. He was digging, he was like digging his finger under the door, trying like, ah, <laughs> do that. <laughs> but yeah, my son Maverick, that's my number one inspiration. Without him, I probably would be still in the back of my mom's house trying to figure it out. Absolutely. So, yeah, my son put life into perspective, um, mm-hmm. and it's still a lot more perspective that has to be put into. But it was a start with him. Yeah, man. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. We gotta do this again, man. Of Definitely course. keep in touch. This was lit. This was way lit. Man. <laughs> yeah, do a bunch so of we got you, yeah. We yeah. got you. <laughs> we got you. Son. I got, like five other people that wanted to do interviews. I think I'm about to get them all back up. Like, yo, thanks. Oh, glad we kickstart that. Yeah, go do those interviews, man. Because people need to hear from you. Thank you. And I appreciate y'all. Sure. Y'all platform, people that listen to y'all. I hope that y'all enjoy yourselves. And don't do art, don't do reselling. Do what you want to do. Do what you're supposed to do. Do what makes sense. Do what feels right. Don't do what people are doing. Like do what makes sense and what speaks to you. So, and then you put that shit on the mat. Nice, good word advice. For sure. All right, y'all. All right, listeners, we out of here. Peace. Peace.
Yes, y'all.